0: Welcome to Hometown Paranormal, where everything is fake and nothing is real, but every hometown gets its own paranormal story. My name is Kristen Kozlowski, and I'm the creator of this podcast. For every episode, I will make up a strange paranormal story set in an actual place and tell it to you. Thank you for tuning in and for putting Hometown Paranormal on the map. Today's episode is The Shadows in Dubuque, Iowa. Julia Price's boyfriend broke up with her on a Tuesday in April, and by Friday, her friends had her drinking at the bar with them. It was a drink away your sorrows kind of bar, a low lighted place in Dubuque, Iowa, near Julia's College. The bar had a brick front and a bartender with a heavy pour, and Julia's friends thought it would be the perfect place for Julia to forget about her ex-boyfriend for a while, forget that he'd broken her heart, forget that she'd spent two long years with him and was now facing college graduation alone. When you're young, it's easy to get lost in these sorts of feelings, and Julia was definitely lost. But that Friday night, Julia felt free of all the sorrows she'd been feeling. She felt free of all the heartbreak she'd been feeling. She felt free to take more than a few shots with her friends and free to join them on the tiny stage in the back of the bar for some truly terrible karaoke. And in that way, Julia and her friends sang the night away. Julia's closest friend and college roommate, Reese, didn't drink alcohol, so she was the group's designated driver, and she had fun helping each of her friends choose the perfect karaoke song to sing beneath the dim lights of the bar. As the bar closed its doors, Reese piled her friends into her car and made sure they all made it home safely and made it into their beds safely, all of them including Julia. When Julia woke the next morning, she had a dry mouth and a terrible headache, and she immediately regretted her night of drinking. But she did what most people do in this situation. She took a couple aspirin and drank a tall glass of water and waited to feel better. In the meantime, Julia's roommate, Reese, woke with a great idea. The college's spring break was only a week away, and Reese thought it'd be a good idea to drive down to Florida and spend their break lying on a beach and soaking up some sun, both of which they couldn't get in Dubuque in the month of April. Julia was reluctant, but eventually agreed, if for no other reason than to get Reese to stop talking until Julia's headache subsided. But Julia's headache didn't subside. Despite taking some aspirin and despite trying to hydrate, both of which should have helped, Julia couldn't shake the pain that beat like a drum on the back of her head. Bum, bum, bum. Julia couldn't shake the pain on Saturday, the day after her truly terrible karaoke debut. And she couldn't shake her headache on Sunday despite lying in bed with a cold washcloth on her head for most of the day. It didn't seem to matter what she did or what home remedy she tried, her head still throbbed with pain. Bum, bum, bum. By Monday, Julia was stumbling through her classes, barely able to concentrate. On Tuesday, Julia stayed in bed all day, skipping her classes altogether. Her head hurt too much. The pounding on the back of her skull just wouldn't go away. Bum, bum, bum. It felt like a beating heart pumping pain into Julia's skull. When Julia's roommate, Reese, returned to their apartment after her classes finished on Wednesday, She found Julia lying on the couch with an ice pack on her head and a tall glass of water beside her. Reese stopped beside her friend to ask Julia how she was feeling. Between her broken heart and her pounding headache, Reese could see that Julia had been through a lot in a short amount of time. Julia sat up on the couch that they shared to talk to her friend, but her eyes seemed to Reese to be unsteady like Julia was distracted. Reese noticed that Julia kept glancing towards the television screen at the far end of the living room, even though the television was turned off and the screen was blank. After Julia looked towards the screen for the third time while they were talking, Reese looked at it too, really stopped to look at it. Do you see it? Julia asked. Reese didn't see anything but a blank screen, and so she shook her head no. What is it? she asked Julia. Julia released a long sigh. I guess it's nothing, she said, rubbing her forehead. I think the pain in my head is making me see things. What kind of things? Reese asked. I don't know, Julia said. Something dark passing over the television screen? Some kind of shadow? Julia said it as if it were more of a question than a statement. Did this start today? Reese asked. Julia shrugged. The truth was... She thought she saw something standing in her doorway Friday night after she got home from the bar with Reese. Standing? Hovering? It was hard to tell, and Julia hadn't been in any shape to get a good look at anything, to be honest. Then, through the weekend, several times Julia caught something out of the corner of her eye. Something dark, something moving... She never saw it, well, not exactly. It was always just outside of her peripheral vision, like it was dodging her. Of course, it could have been her mind playing tricks on her or the pain in her head affecting her vision. It could have been a lot of things or, in truth, it could have been nothing at all. Either way, in that moment, Julia decided not to burden Reese with her vision problems. Reese had already been a great friend to Julia during Julia's breakup with her boyfriend and during the onset of Julia's headaches, and she didn't want to bog Reese down with any more of her problems. Instead, Julia turned the conversation towards the school's spring break and their trip to Florida. And Reese was happy for the change in conversation. She spent the rest of the evening chatting about their upcoming adventure Reese loved the ocean and Florida's sandy beaches, and she was sure that Julia, who had stayed in Iowa her whole life, would love them too. This trip, Reese thought, was just what Julia needed to clear her mind, heal her heart, and cure her headaches. Reese's aunt had taught her about the restorative power of the ocean, and the sun, and the beach, and Reese was sure that Julia would thrive there once they arrived. Now, the drive from Dubuque, Iowa to Orlando, Florida, isn't a fast one and it isn't an easy one. And so Reese called her aunt, Letty, who lived in the Appalachian Mountains just inside of Georgia and asked if she and Julia could spend the night on their drive down to Florida. Of course, Reese's aunt, who loved her very much and often felt that she didn't get to see Reese enough since they lived so far from each other, was happy to have them stay the night and she immediately began preparing the guest bedroom for the girls. A few days later, after a day long car ride, Reese steered her small car down her Aunt Letty's long tree-lined driveway Even though the girls had woken up early to begin their drive, the sun had already set by the time they reached Aunt Letty's home. The trees around Aunt Letty's house stood tall, and Julia thought the row of pines lining the drive looked like soldiers standing guard. Aunt Letty met the girls in the drive and immediately ran to Reese, pulling her into a tight hug that lasted for a long time. And then she ushered the girls into her house, wiping her feet on the thick rug on the porch outside of the door before going inside. Reese and Julia followed suit. Outside, it was much too dark for Julia to see Reese's Aunt Letty with any clarity, but inside the small house, Julia could see the woman that Reese loved so much. Aunt Letty was tall and curvy. She wore a brightly colored sweater that looked like she knit it herself, and her long, dark hair hung loose and wild around her shoulders. Julia realized that Reese looked a lot like her aunt, and that made Julia instantly feel at home in her house. As soon as they walked inside, Aunt Letty closed the door behind them, and taking their bags, led them down a short hallway to a room with two beds, she talked the whole time telling them about the house which only had one bathroom and the town which is where her late husband had been born and raised. She talked about the chickens that she raised in a coop in the backyard and the cat that was around there somewhere staying out of the way, Aunt Letty said with a laugh. She led the girls through the house showing them where everything was located fresh towels, extra blankets, outlets to charge their cell phones. The tour of the home ended in the kitchen, where Aunt Letty already had water boiling on the stove. She set out three mugs for tea and allowed each girl to choose their own tea from a mound she'd accumulated over the years. Chamomile for a good night's sleep, peppermint to wake you up, ginger to settle an upset stomach. Julia and Reese both selected a bag of chamomile tea. A good night's sleep sounded perfect after the long car ride, even though Julia had slept through most of it, rotating through a series of ice packs that she'd brought along. Julia felt bad that she'd been such a boring partner on their spring break road trip but the car ride had made the pain in Julia's head feel worse than before. She was even having trouble focusing her attention on Aunt Letty, as she gave them a tour of her home. Not wanting to be rude, Julia was trying her hardest to concentrate on what Aunt Letty was saying, but she didn't know how much longer she could visit with Reese and her aunt before she'd have to lay down and close her eyes. The lights inside the house were too bright and the pain beating against the back of Julia's skull was too great. Julia could feel her energy levels dropping as exhaustion began to take over. Julia dropped her bag of tea into the steaming mug of water and sat at the kitchen table while the tea steeped. But even with her pounding headache, Julia couldn't miss Reese's Aunt Letty looking at her with a strange expression on her face. Aunt Letty's eyebrows pressed down and she looked like she was trying to solve a puzzle or decide whether or not to ask Julia a question. Suddenly, Aunt Letty jerked her head to the side as if she were dodging something that was coming at her. But Julia didn't see anything. And Reese didn't see anything. Then Aunt Lettie jerked her head again, as if she needed to suddenly move out of the way of something a second time. Something flying through the air. Something flying towards her. And that's when Aunt Lettie grabbed Julia's hands and hauled her to her feet. Well, you can't stay inside here like that, Aunt Lettie said, pulling Julia out of the kitchen and towards the front door. Not with that thing flying around. Aunt Letty yanked open the door and shoved Julia through it, fouling her. Reese stumbled behind them. Aunt Letty pulled Julia off of the front porch and into the grass, which had already begun to grow wet with dew in the darkness. Around them, the trees shook and Julia could feel the air around them vibrate as the branches rustled in the night. What are you doing? Reese asked. Removing it. Aunt Letty said the word it, like it was obvious what she was removing. But looking at each other, Julia and Reese had no idea what it could be. And what is it? It, exactly? Reese asked. It, her aunt said. It, it. She waved her hand around like there was something flying around her, first on one side, then on the other. Julia and Reese looked around, but couldn't see anything but the trees and the house. And they couldn't hear anything but the crickets under the pine trees and the wind through the branches. Maybe you can't see it, Aunt Letty said, but trust me, it's there. She ordered Julia to remove her shoes and stand barefoot in the grass. Julia felt a chill run through her. The April air was cold in the mountains around them. "It's dark and heavy," Aunt Letty said. "Maybe you haven't seen it, but maybe you've felt it." like a pressure inside of you where it's dug its talons in, like a shadow hovering around you, following you, haunting your sleep. And Julia immediately thought of her pounding headache and the dark figure by her bedroom door the night that she'd come home from the bar. Could that be what was giving her such excruciating headaches? Could that be what she saw out of the corner of her eyes when she was alone? Aunt Letty waved Reese back, away from Julia and her, away from the grass where Julia and Aunt Letty stood with their bare feet pressed into the cool earth. Then Aunt Letty raised her arms out to her sides and spun slowly. The wind seemed to pick up and the trees rustled loudly around them. From the other side of the house, the chickens began to cluck in the quick worried way that chickens do. The crickets too became restless and added more noise to the night. Aunt Letty closed her eyes and her mouth began to move, but Julia and Reese could not hear her words over the sound of the wind and the trees and the chickens and the crickets, which were growing louder and louder with each passing second. Then suddenly, Reese did see something, a dark something or the shadow of something, something moving under the moonlight. To Reese, it looked as Julia described something dark that always seemed to stay in Reese's peripheral vision so that she couldn't quite see it, couldn't quite make out what it was. But it was trailing a thin shadow behind it, and that shadow snaked over the grass and up Julia's body and stopped right at the back of Julia's head, right where Julia had complained of a headache and Reese could see that when the shadow moved, it never moved farther than that thin cord would allow. Could this be what was causing Julia pain? Could this be why she had been suffering all week? From just beyond Aunt Letty, the dark shadow hissed and the forest Fell silent. The crickets fell silent, and the chickens fell silent. And in the silence, Reese heard one final word uttered from Aunt Letty's lips Amen. Then with a large motion, Aunt Betty dropped her arms to her sides, slid one foot back, and then raised her right arm high into the air. With one solid motion, Aunt Letty dropped her arm so that it swung close to Julia, swung just to the side of her. And when she did that, Reese could have sworn that she saw a sword, shiny and bright, being held by her aunt's hand. And when that sword sliced through the air beside Julia, the shadow that was darting back and forth let out a shriek unlike anything Reese had ever heard before. And the thin cord that ran between Julia and the shadow was severed. Then the shadow began to move, but this time it didn't dart about. This time it ran towards Aunt Letty, towards the one who'd attacked it towards the one who seemed to know what it was. Aunt Letty ducked as the shadow flew at her head like a gust of wind. And then Aunt Letty held her sword high over her head like she was pointing at the heavens above them. That's when the shadow changed course. And instead of flying towards Aunt Letty again, it flew towards the woods, towards the darkness, towards the empty night. In the patch of grass in front of her home, Aunt Lettie dropped to one knee, and with one more quick motion, she drove the hilt of the sword into the earth with so much force that Reese thought she felt the ground shake around them. And from the spot where the sword hit the earth, a great white light sprang out. And that light spread in a circle, moving outward from the spot where the sword hit the earth, moving outward at a great speed, pushing past the trees standing guard around Aunt Bleddy's home, moving outward faster than the dark shadow had run. And somewhere in the forest where Reese could no longer see, the dark shadow was overtaken by the white blast of light and released a high whimper into the night air, and then it went silent for good. When Reese looked back at Aunt Lettie, she was standing beside Julia. She wasn't carrying a sword, and even though Reese looked for it, she didn't see one on the ground around them. With gentle hands, Aunt Lettie placed her fingers on the back of Julia's head where the pain had been and Julia's body suddenly relaxed as the pain that had been tormenting her all week vanished. Two days later, Julia and Reese sat on the beach with the warm sand beneath them and the cool water dancing over their toes. They weren't thinking of the dark shadow that had fouled them on spring break. Aunt Letty had told them not to. Not to think about it, not to dwell on it, not to seek it out or try to understand it. The darkness is best left in the dark, she told them. You must move forward towards the light. And even though Julia and Reese weren't sure they understood what Aunt Letty meant, and even though they weren't sure they even understood what happened that night in front of Aunt Letty's house. They decided that the beach was the lightest place they could be. And that's it for this episode of Hometown Paranormal. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and subscribe to my podcast, leave a review, and tell a friend about it. If you'd like to get a hold of me, or if you'd like to have your hometown town featured on Hometown Paranormal, you can send me a message on Instagram, at hometown.paranormal, or you can send me one on Twitter, at htparanormal. At Hometown Paranormal, every story is a work of fiction, so... Any resemblance to real life people or events is purely con- con- coincidental. Is purely coincidental. <laughs> the only factual piece of information I use is the name of the town and the state. I also have a surprise for you. The next episode of Hometown Paranormal will be written by a guest writer, a wonderful poet and a friend of mine. So I hope you'll tune in in two weeks to hear her words. And one last thing. I want to remind you that Ghosttober is coming up. For the month of October, every episode will feature a ghost story. I'm finalizing those stories now, and I really can't wait to share them with you. So thanks again for listening, and as always, thank you for putting Hometown Paranormal on the map.